You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. Good morning. How's everyone doing today? You guys having a great day? Hey, we live stream. We live stream our second gathering. Would you give it up for those watching online right now and thank them for being here. And, and uh, my, Heidi and I are going to do something we've never done. I don't think we've ever done a Q&A on a Sunday, ever. And, and uh, we, we thought, we had some people say, Mark, why don't, you know, it would be fun and fun to ask you some questions. So we did this last service, our last gathering, but today we're going to answer questions. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm one of those guys, I've always asked lots of questions. I have, I have mentors in my voice, in my, I have voices in my life that when I uh, run into something I don't know how to navigate, I, I ask questions. And um, uh, when I was in Bible college, every guest speaker, I mean, if I could find him at lunchtime and say, what are three things you can give a young guy studying for ministry? Um, so today we thought, we're in this marriage series, it'd be fun to kind of just stop and, and let you ask questions. So there's a text number um, that's going to come up on the screen here. And, uh, uh, and so we've got eight questions prepared that we came in case no questions were here. Um, but we're going to go back and forth. So we're going to answer questions we have. Um, and what's funny is, you know, we are going to prepare and spend some time this weekend. And my daughter said, Dad, don't prepare. You need to be authentic. I'm thinking like, well, I, you can be prepared. You can be prepared prepare and be authentic anyway too. Um, but they thought that would be disingenuous. Um, and so... Um, so I do have a quick question. Yeah, what's that? How many people didn't even know that we were married? Maybe it's your first time here, but it, you didn't know that. Could you raise your hand? Uh, oh, there's a few of you guys. Yeah, there's okay. a few of you, yeah. yeah, yeah there so. was a time where Mark traveled a lot. How many of you guys don't know that I'm smarter than her? Uh, you just interrupted. Okay, go ahead. Because I married her and she married me. That makes me smarter than her. Okay. See, some of you thought like, oh my goodness, he's putting his wife down. No, I'm just telling you right now, she's, I'm smarter because I got a better deal than she got. You gonna ask another question? I interrupted you, babe. I don't remember what it was. Okay. So the first question is, how did you meet, and was it love at first sight? My wife answered it last service, and I wasn't happy with the answer, um, because <laughs> the first time we met, granted, I was a frugal guy. I lived in Wyoming and uh, lived on a meager youth pastor budget. Had a pair of uh, uh, of shorts that had the you know the little uh, ha- handle for the hammer you know remember that well, I don't know what they called them it was they were in style okay and I jumped out of my van on the way with 30 kids on the way to, to, to Wyoming for camp for summer camp a youth pastor I jumped out of the van to get gas and my loop got caught on the knob that, that you know that you know, when you shut a door in a van you know, the little thing that sticks out and my my loop got caught and ripped my pants all the way up and there was 30 kids luggage in the van and I was I didn't want to be late and so my luggage was the first in the, in the van trailer. And so I didn't unload my, my stuff to get another pair of shorts. I, safety, I bought safety pins and safety pinned my shorts. And so my wife, when she so first saw me. So that's when I met him with safety pinned shorts all the way up to his 20s. Now there are people like, who think that's in style. I've and, seen so it's some people wear today. And he didn't, he, didn't under, he didn't know what hair gel was. And Mark had a lot of curly, curly hair and it was poof. So that, that's my first impression. So it wasn't love at first sight. No, babe, that's not what you told your mom. You told your mom. You tell our daughters all the time. Yes. That I looked like who? Little Joe from Bonanza. <laughs> Michael Landon. Yeah, darker hair and blue eyes. And, and little Joe had poofy hair. Joe you didn't Montana. know what Joe was either. Joe Montana, because you saw me with oh, my Joe shirt Montana on. Too, I was yeah. just all, yeah, I'm he, joking. Back then, back then, okay. absolutely. So was it love at first sight, though? 
No, it wasn't. No. I mean, but I got to know, I got to know Mark and it was a, I'll say this about Mark is, um, he, he pursued, he, he didn't, he, he knew that I was going to be the one and supposedly. And so he got my itinerary of everywhere I was traveling. We were, I was at a summer camp. We met at summer camp. And so he got my itinerary for my team and every camp I went to, there was, I was a, 13 and she was 14. And there was a box, no, Joe, Joe. a box no. of goodies. Like he'd ask the people on my team, what does Heidi like to drink? What does Heidi like to snack on? What does Heidi like? To? So uh, every place I, I went my, to, I did my due diligence. Yeah, he did. Every camp. They were like, is there a Heidi Franco here? My maiden name. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, there's a box here. I'm like, and my team members knew that this guy wooed me. He like won me over. I was yeah. like the, very, the, very impressed. The, the reality is I was 24 and she was 22, 21. Um, 21. And so uh, um, this the first night of camp, she's singing and she's leading worship. And she's singing this, this song, Awesome in This Place, Mighty God. And I heard an audible voice. I didn't know if it was the Holy Spirit or hormones, okay? Okay? But it was, the, I heard, you're supposed to marry that girl. <laughs> and... And how many want to know you can't, as guys, we can't always trust that voice because our hormones speak as loud, if not louder, than the Holy Spirit. And so I never told her that until the day we got engaged or until after we got married. Um, but I felt like she was the right one. And, and so, so we'll go on. So that's one of the questions from there. Let's, uh, here, here's, um, I'm just going to, um, uh, we got a lot of questions and they're from, we're going to have six gatherings. So by the time of service four comes around here there's gonna be a lot but here's a new one that just came in uh, here at this gathering what was the most helpful thing you learned during engagement oh the most helpful thing for me that I learned during engagement was what her father told me my wife and I were engaged I, I moved she got hired in Tacoma Washington and I was in um, uh, so I was in Wyoming got hired to be the youth pastor and um, you know I learned engagement is very hard and I think um Engagement for us was we're both on staff at a very large church, a church of 5,000 people. And uh, so the stress, um, I, not only are we engaged, working through stress, um, I think the, heart, the, the, most help, the most helpful thing I learned um, was to not give up. Because there are days during engagement I thought, is this going to be worth it? Um, am I right? Did you feel the same way? Yeah, um, definitely. And it was very difficult. Um, two, uh, two very independent people. Uh, yeah, we just, and competitive in a lot of ways. So, yeah. So, I would say this. The most helpful thing you can do if you're engaged is have a dynamic personal relationship with Jesus. And what I've watched is when people get engaged, they start thinking they have to do devotions together. And sometimes what happens is that devotional time becomes time together and not you. And so, you might even stop personally growing with Jesus yourself. And I, I'm convinced that you need a dynamic personal relationship with Jesus not a relationship based on Jesus that has the opposite sex involved with it. That's what I would say. Yeah, and you want to add to that, babe? No, just stay close to Jesus, and uh, you're going to stay close to one another in, in obviously different ways in premarital counseling, um, but if, if that, you decide to go that route of marriage, but that is because you, you do get too close sometimes, and you forget about who you're supposed to be closest with, which is Jesus, so definitely. Yeah. yeah. The, the second question we'd prepared ahead of time or had given to us was thinking back on your own dating days, what advice would you give couples as they look toward marriage? Um, man. Go ahead, babe. You're, you're full of wisdom. I would say, um, I'm, I'm going to go the other route with like the, the, the men. I would really watch to see how she treats um, authority in her life because, you know, uh, 
I love, I love being in leadership. I love that position that God has allowed me to be in in different areas of my life. But ultimately, I'm submitting my life to my husband because that's the, and some people may disagree with that, but I, that, that's worked for myself. It's worked for my mother. It's worked for his mother. It's worked through generations in our family because they've had God's a solid foundation, but then knowing that he's the head of the house. So if, if you're dating a young girl that has a hard time with like authority, now I'm not saying take advantage of that because the girl will know she will know. And I would know when Mark would try to do that. And I'd be like, no, 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 that's not right. And I remember this one time I was so convinced that my dad would side up with me because my dad taught me to be an independent young leader, a young woman. And Mark was saying, Heidi, I talked to your dad and your dad told me this and this no, no, and this no, no. and that. Your, your dad talked to me. Yeah. Mark said that. Mark said, your Heidi, I talked to your dad. And says, Mark, you might have to put your foot down uh, and be the leader and don't let your don't let Heidi just you know, Heidi sometimes she's stubborn but you know I had two brothers and I ruled them so. <laughs> and Heidi, Heidi couldn't believe that her dad would actually take couldn't believe and say, it put your foot down I, I said you're lying Mark my dad would never say that so I called him up hi daddy hi Mija. how you doing good I have a quick question for you oh yeah did you have a talk with Mark and it went blank and I'm like dad Heidi dad <laughs> Heidi and I said you did he's like yes I did and I could not believe it and I think what Heidi's saying is, and we taught this when I, as a youth pastor, was watch how a girl talks about her dad, because um, that's how she'll talk about you when you're not around. And so one thing that drew me to Heidi was how much she loved her dad, and she talked about her dad. Now, I know in an audience this size, there's some of you in here as ladies or girls or young ladies that don't have a relationship that's good with your father. Um, but how do, you, how do you respond to authority? Um, uh, and so that's important. And then for, for you guys, you're not off the hook. Girls, watch how guys respond when they get angry, when they lose a game, when they lose in basketball, or they don't like it, how they respond in anger, because that's how they respond to you. They won't when you're dating, but they will when, you know, um, when, when, and so uh, watch how they respond to anger because that's because guys have a problem with anger and girls sometimes have a problem with authority and so those are just things that we I think I would I would learn I think the other thing is um, when we dated I, I had this fly I was 24 I still called her dad to ask permission to date her his 21 year old daughter um, and and uh, and the reason for that is because I wanted to be under authority God won't give you authority if you don't come under authority and so there was ladies, young ladies in my youth ministry. Um, and, and so even my daughters, I think my daughters have been protected in, in a sense because they had an out. If there was a creep that wanted to date them, they could just say, you have to go talk to my dad first. And many a creep won't come talk to me. <laughs> um, because they didn't want to become the, a sermon illustration. Um, but honestly, there's, there's young ladies that I knew that didn't have a father in their life, and I became a father figure as a youth pastor, and uh, I, I would give them permission before someone wants to date you, if you want an out, say you have to go talk to my youth pastor. And that protected a lot of young ladies from some difficult situations. Girls, you want to date a leader, and if a leader can't go ask someone else to date you, there might be a little bit of a problem where maybe they're not a strong leader. And uh, girls want leaders in their life. And so that's just, that's, that might be some insight. That's good. Here's a, one that came in on the text. What suggestions do you have for newlyweds who are young and still in college? That's really good. First of all, um, great job. Don't give up. Don't, Don't give up. Yeah. 
finish school. Well, first, that is one of the highest priorities, yes, but obviously your relationship with the Lord. Remember, you are married, and, you know, there's a question here later on about doing devotions and praying together and stuff like that. We'll answer that in just a moment. But your relationship with God is most important. You have to keep building that, whether you're a teenager, you're, you're not a teenager, you're in college, you're married, you're 50, you're 80. You always have to pursue that relationship with the Lord. So that's got to be the first and foremost. And, of course, your relationship with your spouse. So that those two there are so important. After that, I believe you can add in the things like church. Like we have a young adults group right now that maybe you're involved in it, the person who typed this up. But those, those things like that that you can get involved in, that that are going to help build you up to help build your character and disciple you and there's life groups things like that but the extracurricular things like you know going skiing with a bunch of guys or hanging out with the girlfriends or those things as much as you may not like to hear that answer those things are like the lowest things in the priority because you're so busy with getting to know your new spouse already in a way that you've never known him before in the sense of marriage and then of course um school you want to finish school that is a very big priority so those those things i would say come in that order and uh, and and i i would also suggest and we have um we have a young a young engaged couple in our life group um and we're like man are they going to want to come back because they're hanging out with a bunch of guys with white hair and people have been married for 25 years they came back because they're like they feel they pinch themselves like i get a i have friends who are mature who are in marriage relationships and it works and I would encourage some of, some of you that are newlyweds and you're younger is get involved with a life group with people who've been married for 25, 30, 40, 50 years. And, and have some friends at your disposal that have weathered some battles and know how to get through them. Um, if all your friends are young, there's nothing wrong with young friends, but I would add to your arsenal some, some, uh, some folks that have some maturity and some wisdom. Um, so that's another thing I would add to it. Um, don't give up. You're finding you're finding things about your your spouse, your newlywed that you didn't know before. Probably, maybe premarital counseling didn't cover that, or you didn't go to premarital counseling. Don't give up. Especially, don't question in the dark in those dark moments what God showed you when it was bright and light out there. Don't question question those things when you're down and out. Do it when you're up. So that's good. Uh, one of the questions we had here, and, I, and I'll com, uh, combine it with a question that came in on on, on a text. Is what would you say to couples about the importance of praying together? Um, and the other, the question that came in along with that was, if God knows everything you need before you pray, why pray? So let's answer that. I think, first of all, um, you might be shocked. My wife and I, when we're, we're newlyweds, and there's a district event. They brought a guy in from Southern Cal, and, and they, they taught on how to pray together as a couple for an hour a day. Um, and my wife and I have never prayed together for an hour a day. Um, and there's different, we, we, everyone has a different way they connect with Jesus. And that's not a cop-out, but I'm a word study guy. I, I sense God's Holy Spirit when I, when I open up the Greek language and go, oh, that's what that word means. And oh, my goodness, and it comes alive. And my wife, she wants to sit in front of a piano, and she wants to sing, and she wants to devotion like David. Um, uh, and, and so we're completely different. I'm a word study nerd guy, and she's a, she's a let's sing and get in the presence of God through worship person um, I need it quiet when I study she wants music all the time um, so we've, we've not practiced praying together an hour a day every day um, we don't I, I, you know we both have personal prayer times um, but I'll tell you right now uh, when there's crises there's family situations uh, when, when there's something going on with my, my son or my daughters um, uh, there's something going on with our families we, we pray we spend time 
Last night we spent time praying for a friend who we knew was, was having a medical procedure. Um, and so, we, you know, but we're not that couple that will I, just get alone and pray. And, and so if, if that's you, um, don't feel guilty. I used to, I go to that conference like, what's wrong with us, Heidi? Uh, until I realized that we each have different rhythms. And we, we pray for each other all the time. So I'm, I'm on the road to work, and I'll be praying for Mark because I know he's got a busy day. He's maybe meeting with somebody, and I know it's kind of a little anxious or whatever, or there's yeah. just a lot of different things, or his mom's not feeling well, or my mom's not doing well health-wise. We pray for each other all the time. We're just not praying together for an hour. And I, I really believe that that's good because it shows, number one, I want to be whole myself. I don't need him to make me whole in the sense of spiritually. God does that. God fills the void. And the same for him. God fills the void for him spiritually. So when we do come together and pray in those crisis times, we have no doubt we've been prayed up already for each other. And, of course, whatever the situation but, is. But consistently, if, let's say, we wake up in the morning and say, hey, how's your family or what's going on? Um, and she says, well, my mom's walking through. So I'll grab her hand. I said, let's pray. So it's, it's more organic than, than planned, if that makes sense. We plan to connect over needs, but we don't have to have a time isolated to spend for 20 minutes together every day in that area. So next question, babe. Is there another question? Oh, the, the question about how, why do we pray if, if God knows the answer already? Um, God knows everything. God's omniscient. Um, but there's something that happens when we admit to ourselves, and we actually are vulnerable enough to say God um, I need your help in this area God already knows you need that help but there's something that happens when you admit the need it's hard to help someone that thinks that's self-sufficient um, and uh, there is a God and we're not him and so we need to we need to communicate that to God um, now could God do it can God answer the prayer with us ask without us asking yeah but God chooses to, he chooses for us to participate with him. I don't know if that answers it good enough, but. Um. It's good. It's really good. Um, I'm going to combine this one with one of the questions we already knew of, but this is one that came in. How long have you been married and how do you keep your marriage growing after so many years? And this goes along with what are some practices that you do to help foster a stronger marriage? So um, we've been married 27 years this month. This month we were married 27 years. And, yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And um, I, I, she still has dark hair and doesn't color it. That's what I've got. Well, someday I probably will. But I saw a picture of that. Who's that old man my wife is hugging? <laughs> oh, that's me. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Just. Um, the first thing that came to my mind how do we keep it growing? I, the, the obvious answer is Jesus, being grounded in him. I, can, I say obvious, but it is the most powerful element of our marriage we cannot do it without him there's too many we have too many kids too many scenarios uh, a great church to be a part of and there's just too much in our lives to not have him be the main and main focus yeah. so that's a given but the first thing that came to my mind was laughter I, I laugh at mark all the time the things he does just makes me laugh and then of course i don't know i don't even know if he's trying to make me laugh but that that of course is like a no, medicine i'm just a nerd and she laughs at me all the time <laughs> it's I a do medicine stuff and, and it, it's, it's four against one. It's five against one. There's four daughters and one dad. Um, and it's constant laughter in my house. 
and it, it but that that really is if a I fun, dance they laugh yeah, if I sing they laugh if I he knows how to he knows if I how wake to break up, they a very laugh. angry moment by doing something like that and so um but I, here's what I will say, and I, I'm not the best at this, and Mark would say this too, is Mark is always to be the first one to say, I'm sorry about the argument we just had. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And then, of course, that allows me to say I'm sorry too. But he's always the one that's done that. And I would like to say, because it's always his fault, he's always in fault, but that's not the case. A lot of times it's been me. And he's just always been so good to, to humble himself, even to his wife, which a lot of men don't. It's not a man thing to do. And so he's been so good to, like that, that I think that's, I trust him. Um, there's that whole security thing. I know that I'm secure in him. And I know that he'll say he's sorry, even if it's not his fault, but that fosters me to say, I'm sorry too. And then things are mended. But I think that laughter and the fact that you are willing to say you're sorry and not, but Heidi, you did this too, though. That's so important. And, and there's some rhythms that we've done though. We, we, um, and, and our lives, are maybe busier now than they've been in a long, a long time in that we, we have, we still have some young kids at the house that, that don't drive. I'm 52 and yet I got a nine-year-old in my house. And so um, we adopted someone later in life. And so between their soccer practices, and basketball practices, we're six days a week we're at practice or dropping a kid off for a game. And so life is pretty busy in that sense. Um, but one, two things we've done all of our marriage is um, we probably have more vacation time now. I don't take it all, but uh, we always take a week alone. We always take a week. Now, uh, we were gone for 10 or 11 days of, uh, the last month. We took five days alone, um, and then our kids flew in for the, uh, the rest of the time together. Um, and we did that, and their kids are like, well, how come you guys are always, and, and there's times we'll leave for a week, and they won't be with us at all. Um, and the reason for that is because we tell them, uh, I tell my daughters, I'm going to pay some kid to take you away from my house someday. It's called a wedding. I said, you're all going to leave. I said, and your mom and I are going to sip lemonade through dentures. Um, and we want to love each other. And so I joke with my kids on that. But the reality is, is we're going to grow old together because um, we're divorce isn't a word we've ever said in our life or our marriage. Never been a joke in our marriage. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago I said divorce isn't an option. Murder is. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, but divorce has never been an option. And so the reality is, is we're going to be married for a long time. And so we need to make sure we, we nurture our relationship. And so we go somewhere we want to go. We do things we want to do. And then we used to weekly date. Now it's not a, a night where we get out and go do something all the time because it was six days a week. We're drop, five days a week, we're dropping a kid off a of basketball practice or a game. And so it could be, let's just grab a cup of coffee or a tea in the morning or Sunday evening um, kids are at youth group. Let's go grab a, a, a tea or something. Um, so we just, those are things we prioritize. Date night. And you know, here's, a, just to answer real quick, and then we'll go to the next one, that Mark initiates a lot of this. I, I'm very content sometimes just, I'm just, ha I'm happy here at home. I want to decorate something. I just want to read or whatever. But he is so good. And, and so gentlemen in the house, if you're married or engaged, I think it's, it, it's such a woo moment, winning others over, winning my heart over when he says, let's just, like Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day, we're, we're coming to work, and I'm almost at work, and he says, hey, let's, let's go get DW Grill for Valentine's Day. I'm like, 
DW Grill for Valentine's Day? Isn't it more like a dinner or something that we should do? We, we couldn't do it that because it was, I don't know what was, something was planned. So we went to DW Grill and look at DW Grill. Shout out to you guys wherever you're at. They had these little heart-shaped eggs and heart-shaped sausages. And we ate our egg McMuffin with this Valentine love moment. It was so cute. But he initiates all that. And I just, I think that's so awesome. If you're the wife that does that, wonderful. I'm just not. And I, I'm so glad I married somebody who does. So don't think that you're the guy. Don't think that you can't do that if you're the guy. So I'm just saying. What's the hardest thing about marriage? And you're going to probably tell a story that everyone's going to look at that like, Pastor Mark is an idiot. Um, you know, we don't get A's and everything. And you're all going to go through some difficult times in marriage. And I think for Heidi and I, um, a couple things that were difficult was when I got engaged to Heidi, I, I didn't realize my dad had some prejudice in him. Um, and then when I got married, my dad struggled with... Um, with, with marrying Hispanic. Um, and so Heidi knew that, and there's some tension there. And so I, now I've restored a relationship with my father. Um, but in the process, um, the hardest thing about marriage is I grew up on a dairy farm. Um, the, 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 the things that both of our families share is a strong work ethic. Her family, you know, her dad, you know, you know worked in crops and realized if he didn't get out of where he was in, in eastern Washington to Portland, the kids would have some challenges. Um, and so we both came from hardworking families, but the family dynamic was different. In Heidi's family, family's everything in Hispanic culture, everything, you know. I mean, I think every cousin, second cousin, they all know each other, they all talk. Um, I've got cousins I haven't talked to since I, my grandmother died at the funeral, you know, just because in our culture, that's just not the same as her culture. Um, and so uh, there was a time, I think we'd been married maybe seven, eight years, and what's that? Yeah, we were in Vegas, and so um, her family came to visit. They're staying in a, a two-bedroom apartment, and I think Brax, we just had one daughter at the time, and, uh, and so they're at our house, and uh, one of my best, her brother worked for one of my best friends, who was a pastor, and um, family's everything in Hispanic culture, and so her dad was mentioning some frustrations with, with Joe's boss, and I, I then go, I think it's wrong that you're talking about so-and-so, um, not understanding how that would impact the family. And uh, at that time, my, my father-in-law had a little blow-up. We're at a two-bedroom apartment in Vegas, 110 degrees outside, so you spend most of your time inside at that point. Um, and, uh, and so I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, so there was some mis miscommunication, and it was about, yeah, what you said there. <clears throat> and so they both... Um, Mark went into one room, stormed in there, and my dad stormed in the other room, and my mom and I are sitting there like, oh my gosh, and I'm, I'm apologizing to my mom, because I felt Mark was wrong, because he belittled my dad, belittled my brother in front of the family, and, I, and so I just remember, I, my, I was like, mom, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, oh my gosh, is dad going to be okay, and and she just looks at me, and some of you guys have met my mom. She's been here a few months and stuff. She's not here today. But she, um, she looked at me with her big eyes, <laughs> and she said, Miha, which means daughter, I want to tell you something. I don't want you to ever forget this. I said, oh, I'm so sorry, Mom. I'm so sorry. I, do I need to go talk to Dad? I didn't even care what was going on in Mark's heart. I was just mad that he did that. And she said, listen to me. You always, always side up with your spouse, your husband. Even if he's wrong, come back and apologize later. 
but you don't leave him high and dry and you don't just leave you always side up with him your dad's a godly man he'll forgive your mark and mark's a godly man he'll forgive your dad but you don't ever do that again and i couldn't believe she told me that and i was like she's right because when you get married you're one you leave and you cleave and, and, and as hard as it was for me in my culture like my dad was i just absolutely adored my dad that was that was very difficult so I remember going in the room after that. I didn't want to, but, but what she said just, just hit me in the heart. And Mark's crying. He's like, Heidi, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, this is your dad. And they both came out, and they both said, would you forgive me? Will you forgive me? My dad loved Mark like his own son because my brothers couldn't do anything around the house, and Mark could build a barn and build a shed and do the roof, and Mark was like no other son he'd ever had in that sense, and their relationship was mended so beautifully and strongly. But it is true, when you marry somebody, as hard as it, hard as it is, you don't go complain to your parents when there's problems in your, in your marriage. You don't go complain to your mom who might be your best friend or your dad. You have to work it out with your spouse. That is so important. And somebody asked something about advice for honesty in marriage and keeping communication open. That was one of the things that came texting. A lot of the stuff we're saying here applies to that. But you have to be honest with your husband, your spouse, your wife. That hurt me when you did that to my dad, Mark. And please don't ever do that again because... Blood is thicker than water, I understand that, but I also have to leave and cleave, and that makes it very hard to yeah. try to find a balance between that. And so that never happened again. I think the biggest arguments we've ever had have been about family, because we just don't touch it. I don't touch anything about his family, he doesn't touch anything about my family, and they're both pretty, they're, they're both have their dysfunctions, so. Yeah, and, and I, I, I have to learn how to honor my wife by honoring her family. The culture might be different, and how we do things might be different, um, but I, 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 I did not put her family down. I, I learned not to compare or anything. I, I mean, her daddy and her, her daddy was her heart. I, I mean, I remember her friend made a playlist of love songs for our honeymoon. And we land in Colorado and we're in Denver. And we're on our way up to Estes Park to a cabin in the mountains in the woods. And now we live in the woods in the cabin with snow. It's great. Um, but we honeymoon and we're listening to all these love songs. And she starts to cry. I said, I said oh, she must think it's so great to be here with me on a honeymoon. And <laughs> I said, what are you crying about? She goes, I miss my dad. But you're with me. It was a song about dads and daughters, butterfly, yeah, kisses. butterfly kisses. It was it's just a beautiful night. daddy daughter yeah, song. I'll give you butterfly kisses. Had nothing kisses. to do with him. I didn't want butterfly kisses from him. I was like, daddy. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the questions here in your marriage, how have you raised spiritually healthy kids? Or um, I think one of the questions came in is how, how has life changed when you have kids? Um, uh, kids are kids are with you for a season. I mean, they're with you for until, I mean, uh, you, you, our marriage comes first, then our kids. Um, so we prioritize our marriage, but then we raise our kids. Um, I think with our kids, and this is something, someone came up to me this last service and said, Mark, that changed my, I've been looking for wisdom in the situation at home. And this, the, you, when you shared that, it helped. With Heidi and I, we, we with our kids, we, we, uh, we have separated sin and wisdom issues when it comes to discipline. If our kids, there's a sin issue, it's a character issue, it's lying, it's stealing, there's something to do with character, they will always be disciplined. They'll always be disciplined. Now, when they're younger, it's a spanking. Um, and so I believe spare the rod, spoil the child. I do believe spanking is important. In my mind, everyone has to have their own. I think you have to work through your 
your own philosophy of discipline. Um, but for, us, for sin issues, they would get spanked or they'd be disciplined appropriately for ages. Um, but wisdom issues are, you know, with four daughters, sometimes one of the other sisters would take their sister's shirt without knowing where it, and they're like, and there'd be a big brouhaha, big fight, and I'm thinking like, work it out. Don't borrow your sister's shirt and not ask. That's called stupid. Okay, it's not sin. It's stupid. And so sin issues, you're going to get disciplined. Wisdom issues, let's mentor you. Let's talk about the consequences of what you did. It was not a smart choice, but it wasn't sin. It just wasn't wise. And so to, to be able to distinguish the two and know that you could come hard, to come hard on sin issues, but, 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 but come down differently with wisdom issues. Um, I think the other one, go ahead and share, uh, maybe this next one is um, when it comes to raising healthy kids. Yeah, one of the, Mark and I, we weren't always pastors on staff, and we lived in Anchorage. We were um, about five, six years there doing a different position, and so we took our kids to church every Sunday because we just, that was embedded in us, even as growing up as our own, our own families. We went to church on Sundays. We went to church on Wednesdays, Sunday nights, if there were Sunday nights, revival services, whatever it may be. We just always did that. Our parents brought us up that way. So it was easy for us to bring our kids up that way. And you might think, well, of course, you're pastors, you're in ministry. But there was a season we were not. And there were a lot of weekends Mark was gone. And I could have just chilled at home with, with the kids and had, you know, I worked a full-time job. But that was so important for me for them to get into church. And so we would bring them no matter how tired or they never really complained. We had a great church, great children's ministry. So they loved it. But that was so important to us for them to understand the, um, the, just how strong and powerful it is to be in church. Now, Mark always says we are the church, right? You're going to walk out of here. You're the church, but there's something amazing when we can come together with hundreds of people and we can corporately gather and worship. We can hear the word. Nobody's threatening us and doing anything to harm us because we have this freedom right now in our lives. But there might be a time that doesn't happen. I want my kids to realize it doesn't matter when it is, we're going to do this. We're going to come to church and enjoy it. And one last thing, I, I, I love this part, and I'm not saying this because of finances or any reason. I just believe that tithing has always been one of the biggest things in our, in our marriage, big thing in our families growing up. Again, these are things that generation, generationally we see in our lives and our kids will do that as well but tithing has been something i believe god's blessing has been over over our family in such a powerful way our kids all love jesus they're adults and some some are not um they all have great health god's been good we've never wondered about finances even though we weren't we were poor at the first couple of years of our marriage actually the first 10 years we didn't have a whole lot we tried to make wise investments but even in those wise investments we would tithe a scholarship would happen we tithe we moved to alaska the what are they called pfds yeah i always get them off with pdfs but pfds we tithe because that was given to us everything we have belongs to jesus so we realize if it all belongs to him that little portion it's going to work out fine. Strong families. Yeah. And another thing is, is, you know, there was an eight and a half, nine year period. We weren't on staff at any church. Number one, I traveled as an evangelist. So I was gone all the time. But when I was in town, we were in church. We had a home church we went to that my wife and the kids went to when I was on the road. And then when I worked in Anchorage at the district office for the Assemblies of God, we still found a home church. But at that church, we led a life group or we were in a life group. And the reason why is because I always, I know that what I allow, I teach. And what I do, my kids will probably do. Um, or what I don't do, my kids will probably follow. And so um, for us, um, being in a life group was telling my kids that spiritual growth and community was important. And so, um, uh, so I think, you know, sin and wisdom issues, church, we never let our kids, we didn't have sleepover. Our kids don't do sleepovers. Now, we had a sleepover last night for our nine-year-old. 
but we had him go to bed at a certain time and they got and he's going to come to church probably he's probably at this gathering now in the kids church with his buddy and they're probably tired um but our when we lived in anchorage my kids all their friends um didn't grow up in it. They, a lot of their friends were from the public school and they weren't attending they didn't attend church so they'd do birthday parties on saturday nights at at a hotel with a pool and they always invited the kids to come to a sleepover and and we were the parents that said no we'll pick you up at 10 30 but dad everyone else we don't care about everyone else we're going to go to church the next day and you're going to be awake for it those are things we just found um was important for the rhythm of our kids to know church is not negotiable um uh we we you're you're in our house you're going to do what we we value as as parents um i think that's helped us raise kids that love the lord and not that not that um all kids will will do that but our kids have have made those choices so um yeah and and i think the last thing we'll close with this because we we do oh yeah we we need to uh, oh they put the clock back there two minutes ahead so that i'd close on time didn't they i didn't realize that it's it's two minutes ahead of my watch right here oh those those tech people you guys always manipulate me i'm joking um was we've also made a habit of always talking good about the church if as a pastor if there's been conflict and there's been challenges my kids have been sheltered from that um when there's been staff transitions in the past like a youth pastor would tell us and a month would go by before they left um they just assumed they'd say well you heard i'm leaving right like they're like what they just assumed our kids would know we didn't tell them because we wanted our kids to love the church and love people and love leaders and not have to know some of the hurts that we might have had or whatnot and so we never talked bad about the church or leadership because i wanted my kids to love the church youth people um and and not have to deal with the frustrations and so um those are areas i think that have helped us raise raise healthy kids i wish we had more time is this okay is this okay today is this all right i i um this is who we are man and and um uh you know hopefully if you if you've ever if you've ever been around us off the platform we're the same people what a fantastic service be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at true north church